Hi there, and welcome to the ATS podcast with me, Will Brown, and John Soulsby, where we break down chunks of health and fitness information into bite-sized pieces, remove a bunch of the noise, and just leave what's relevant. Uh, today we are on episode number 16. Uh, the topic for today is our top three books for health and fitness, or training and fitness, whatever you want to call it. Health and fitness seems pretty good. Um, and as usual, we're going to lead in with our off-topic, uh, just to warm things up. And our t- off-topic for today is our top three books of all time. Uh, it could be in fiction or non-fiction. Mix of, mix of both, if you wish. Mm. Yep. So you want to lead us off? Yeah. So top three books all time. Um, I don't really read much like non-fiction outside of work, so I'll leave that. Um, so fiction... Stormfront, number one. Well, so I'm going for like kind of books that are starting a series. Because, mm-hmm. like, the most recent book, so Stormfront's by Jim Butcher in the Dresden Files series. For people that haven't read it, go read it. Um, Battlegrounds is my favorite book of the series. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's kind of one of those that n- none of it ever starts without Stormfront being as good as it is. And hooking me into what is now a like 16 book series yeah it is uh it's a really good series and like battlegrounds is only the best book because of everything else that happened Mm -hmm. like if you just read battlegrounds you wouldn't get half of probably the book sorry if you didn't read the books previous you wouldn't get half of yeah yeah um so yeah that's probably one of my favorite books all time two more Um, Steel World by B.V. Larson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your, your boy in the Undying Mercenary series. I feel the first, like, five or six books of that are really good. And then I still love it, but it, it goes off a deep end and yeah. gets a bit bit wild. But Steel World's just, like, kind of as we were talking a lot two episodes ago of, like, what you can do to just, like, turn your mind off. That oh. series of books is great to just sit there and just, like, lose yourself in... Sh- shenanigans oh yeah it is popcorn like at its finest yeah um and then oh third Hmm. right this might be semi-surprising but the first harry potter book it's reasonable like uh well, what's annoying is I I hate it for so many reasons in the fact that like the series is written so shitly, mm-hmm. like there's so many points where you're like, but you literally contradict this a book ago. Or the the ago. continuity in Harry Potter is like, not it's it, not very good. Yeah, it drives me wild now as an adult, like listening to it or watching it, just being like, but like even the continuity in the films, like Alice and I were watching Prisoner of Azkaban last night. Oh yeah, the old the good music- old time travel that just conveniently shows up for one book. Oh, I know. But they break them all later on. It's not even that. So in the film, you know when... Um, spoiler alert for the third Harry Potter book. <laughs> but you, you know in the film where they're at the end and they're all getting attacked by Dementors and Harry thinks his dad sets off the Patronus that saves them all. Yeah. Right. So in the film, the first time that he sees that, he sees the stag, the stag runs around, and then all the Dementors get like thrown away by the Patronus. Mm-hmm. Then when they come back 30 minutes later in the film, and actual Harry sets off the Patronus. No stag. 
just a big white light that scares them all away. I'm like, <laughs> how, how? How did you? This is the same film. Like, how did you not put that in? Wild. I hadn't noticed that before. That's funny. I noticed it last night, and it, honestly, <laughs> but the series is well. I mean, it's probably the most popular book series of all time. Maybe by yep. Lord of the Rings. I don't know, but like, and it is phenomenal. And especially reading it, like. Well, I don't know about you, but I literally was reading the first few as they were coming out as a kid. Yeah, like, same. It was pretty mad. Um, but yeah, and I think like the fact that there's something about it that is still amazing, yet the fact that every time I listen to it or watch it, I get annoyed about the consistency or mm-hmm. lack of, yet I still enjoy listening to it and watching it all the time. Nice. So, my three all-time books. Um, It's hard to to narrow down. I'm going for ones that are not in a series. Okay, so like standalones. Um, I just... I'm checking, but I'm pretty sure they are not a series. Um... Well, some don't count. Like, June doesn't count as a series because the ones after it are useless. No. June is not there, though. As much as it is a very no, good... I... As, much as, as much as it is very good, and I quote it often. Yeah, for for me, for June, the pacing's not high enough. Like, yeah. So in books, I like a book that is very high-paced. Like, things are going on all the time. June uh, yeah. is not like that. It's yeah. quite boring. I, it, it's pretty it's pretty slow-going, but then it was written yeah. in, like, 1964. Oh, <laughs> completely agree, but it's also why Lord of the Rings is nowhere near my top three because it is so. It is very slow. boring. Nobody, nobody wants to hear it, but it is true. It is very boring to read. Um, my top three are uh, Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Mm-hmm. Um, the Art of Learning by Josh Josh Waitzkin. That book was yep. a large eye opener and nonfiction. Um, uh, Children of Time is uh, standalone science fiction regarding uh, what's the plot? A starship, like a, a spaceship full of folk are headed towards um, something they've set up, like a place they've set up as like a backup planet essentially. Mm. Like it was set up ages ago to be like a plan B should things go Pete Tong. So they, yep. like, put things in motion to, like, essentially evolve human culture on another planet so that if they ever had to bail from their current planet, they would just go there in cryostasis and arrive at, like, another planet at a certain period of time. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Because you have yeah. to read the book for, cool. to figure out like whatever else goes on. It's very cool. It's also very like it was very original. I really liked it. It was something I'd never even kind of considered before. Yeah. Uh, Art of Learning by Josh Waitzkin is essentially just a kind of semi autobio slash self help thing of this guy Josh Waitzkin who was a chess prodigy um, in America who was billed as, like, the next... What was his name? 
Bill Fisher? No. Essentially, like, he was essentially billed as the next big chess prodigy. Um, but he very much fell out with it. Um, and ended up also taking up Tai Chi Xuan, which is like a martial arts kind of thing. And right. it's just about his kind of journey of what I've later learned is like a reasonably common thing for gifted kids in that like if you just absolutely blast through school and like early education or just early talent in anything mm -hmm. you don't really develop a skill set because everything's easy like right, you, yeah. you just cruise through all of it you don't have to learn how to learn <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense like you don't need to work out how you learn or what learning is like or like how to overcome any kind of difficulty because everything's just easy yeah um and it's kind of about him and his struggles with where he eventually hits the wall because like if you get to late teens early adulthood having never had to really try yeah when you do eventually get met by something it hits you like a ton of bricks <laughs> like you right, are yeah. like it just you're just like you get to a point and you're like I don't know how to get better. Like, I just don't understand. Like, I don't know what I have to do. And you have nothing to fall back on because you've never had to. And that kind of idea of how to develop that process of, like, how to understand and find ways and different approaches for learning and, like, bettering whatever you're trying to get better at is, is was really eye-opening. It was um, very helpful. Yeah. Nice. And my third right. one would be... Oh, I had it. What was it? Oh, Ready Player One. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, Ready Player so One good. by Ernest Klein. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a really good book. Um, the book, the film is garbage. Don't watch it. Like, it, it's okay, but it's it's hot nonsense compared to the book. Like, if you are yeah. anyone who's moderately I... interested in like nerd culture, video game culture, board game, like anything like that from like the yeah. late '80s, early '90s, read Ready Player One. It's yeah. great. I think that was maybe the difficulty is like to make the film Ready Player One when they did actually appeal to anyone younger than like 30. I just don't know why they bothered. Like, just oh. don't. Oh, I know. I, but like, I think that's where they went and you're like, yeah, but. Yeah, they, so. they changed a bunch of it. The book, the book is way better. I know everyone, so I know everyone fucking says that. But like, well, not true. The Lord of the Rings film is far better than the books. Fucking at me. <laughs> I'd probably agree. I mean, I'm literally the going extended on, like... The extended versions of the films are shorter than the first book. <laughs> All three combined. Yeah. And probably significantly shorter. It's shenanigans. Uh, that, I didn't even know that. That is wild. I don't know. I, that's an absolute like left field call, and I have no idea. But... Um, Honestly, the books are far too long. That's a hot take. Um, I didn't even touch on getting into like imagine getting into the Silmarillion and everything else. Ugh. Oh, too much. Yeah. The um, right. So going at the yeah. Top three, here we are. Yeah, Sorry. here we are. Finally at the topic. No, um, no, no, no. This is not the topic yet. Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring. Twenty hours long on audiobook. Jesus. The extended cuts back to back are only twelve. Yeah, that is kind of wild. I had the like, same nah. issue. I had the same issue with Game of Thrones. Like, there's a lot 
of not doing anything. Like I, yeah. I feel like if you read fantasy fiction, um, or science fiction, I suppose. I don't know. I haven't seen it happen as much in science fiction. Um, but then again, I don't, I don't read a whole bunch. I mostly prefer fantasy. But where they have this horrendous fantasy trope, like the Wheel of Time, is a great example. Everyone thinks that series is great. It's not. Like, it is literally. <laughs> like whenever the book count gets above double digits and the books are also like <laughs> hundreds upon hundreds of pages long like please stop yeah like if if the if you if your pitch is oh but once you get to book five it kicks off then it's not good <laughs> like it's really yeah it's especially when book five is like 60 hours in yeah it's like no it's not plus yeah, like the for people who know us, like we go on about the Dresden Files. Dresden Files does get better as it goes on, but it also starts pretty good, and they're also really short. Like yeah, like Stormfront's like nine hours long an audiobook, which isn't that long for an audiobook. No, that's almost and not like, even worth a credit. Yeah, the the pacing is rapid. Yeah, like stuff is constantly going on. There's no like yeah. fucking. 10 page description of like a feast in a hall like in Game of Thrones you can tell George R. R. Martin loves food by the way he fucking yeah. like writes page upon page upon page of it like does no more gonna die before he finishes the series I know does the does the series have does the book do the books have way more interesting stuff going on and does it make the show look like hot nonsense yes however it especially if you've already seen the show it will take you ages to get into stuff that's interesting because you've all, like you've seen all the big main story beats like Ned Stark series one, yeah, um, well, like <clears throat> Red he, Wedding. They literally made like the entire series, and he brought like one book out. Yeah, like he's not actually. No, I don't think he even brought a book out. Like Dance of Dragons, right. I think was already out. Right. So Game of Thrones TV series literally started, filmed, ended everything, and he hasn't the released entire the book. And it and now it's old news, and he's not even releasing it. Yeah, it's literally been erased from everyone's collaborative memory because the last yeah. season was so bad anyway top three books for health and fitness before this podcast gets like another half an hour one <laughs> um my top three books because i have them ready are uh number one integrated periodization for sports by james hoffman tudor bompa and um a nutritionist who i cannot remember Ooh. Um, I think um, that it's super important. It's the book I recommend to literally anyone who will listen because it was very eye-opening in the idea that you can essentially integrate... Actually, it's called, sorry, it's called Integrated Periodization in Sports Training and Athletic Development because that's a nice, concise title. Um, yeah. By Tudor Bompa, Boris Blumenstein, and James Hoffman. Uh, also Scott Howell and Iris Orbeck. The, uh, it's essentially the idea that you can integrate and periodize um, sports psychology alongside training and nutrition in a kind of holy triumvirate of training optimization. And there are certain phases and techniques of each that pair together nicely. Like it's essentially like the periodization equivalent of like a seven tour a seven course tasting menu with a wine pairing. Yeah. Like it's really interesting and will kind of I I hopefully likely th like shake up how you think about stuff, especially if 
you're someone who's either has all three of these kind of like aspects to your coaching game or not it's still very interesting uh, to do uh do you want to go for one we'll alternate uh yeah i mean mine's also by bumper as well but just his straight periodization by the it's like the theory of and methodology of training it's by bumper and who's the other guy uh, i can't remember who the other guy is um but yeah like that's like almost one of my first training books i ever read and still every now and again like we'll go back through it like it's just a very good simple start into the world of training i feel this is the one with uh busicelli carlo yeah. busicelli yeah. yeah 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 it's a big red book it's very heavy reading be prepared mm-hmm. for a lot of numbers oh yeah I, it's i mean no surprises i read it when i was also doing sports and exercise science but yes mm. uh, So that's probably one of the better ones for me. Uh, a good starting one. The next one for me is... Uh, let me just pull it out. Yeah, so I'm going to have to try and remember because the rest of mine are all, are all mine are at work. Uh, the scientific period, the scientific principles of strength training by Renaissance periodization. That's Mike yeah. Isretail, James Hoffman, Melissa Davis, Nick Shaw. That lot. Um, again, really great company, really great people. I've been to some of their seminars and stuff before. They're really nice. Again, the book is useful because it brought a lot of the. It kind of it opened up and communicated um, a lot of the ideas of modern periodization that were kind of proliferated by folk like Mike Stone uh, and people like that um, into yeah it kind of it kind of took all the stuff that they'd been finding out again and organized it and presented it in a way that was kind of bridging between like you don't need a degree to kind of understand all of it but also it will it's like elevating just regular or definitely elevated my regular kind of just basic periodization and training knowledge like giving you like a kind of uh like an ascending pyramid of um importance or a descending list of important variables of like these are the things it kind of like it almost gives you like a oh, what's the word like a rigor to like put things against of like yeah. you can kind of vet your training against things or if you just it, it helps you make training decisions because that's realistically like if you're if you're at the point where you kind of understand what you need to do to get somebody to a certain point the variability is them and their life and you end up having to make choices and it's like how do you decide which is the correct choice at any given moment and like one way is just through experience because you just you just figure it out over time by making the wrong choice and then realizing it's the wrong choice and why and then the next time attempting to make the right choice but then if it's not the same or not quite the same situation whatever 
Yeah, and I think what they do really well, like as in the first ones we said, are both written by well, Bumpa's literally a professor. Yeah, and it's very obviously written by a professor to essentially students in uh like biology space as in it's very wordy there's lots of like graphs and data flying around everywhere it's very kind of like lean on like user interface for people who aren't already aware with the field mm -hmm. whereas i feel if you have a like what they've done really well in the um juggernaut one is as R all that. rp is not good. Is that, is that rp yeah anyway, it, but like um what they've done well in that one is essentially take all the information and distill it to essential normal like not normal but like normal gym goers pts like people who aren't university trained already yeah and given that like i think one of the one of the criteria or certainly like the criteria you need to work at that company renaissance periodization is you have to at least have or be pursuing your doctorate and also yeah. be an international level competitor in whatever sport you're competing in yeah which is kind of wild <laughs> it's kind of wild like you, you 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 can't work there like it doesn't matter what your experience or what your anything is if you don't fit those two categories so it's like yeah you have yeah. to kind of know your shit to even work there yeah i totally agree um you got a second one? Uh, second one is a bit different, um, but Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Mm. Um, it's much more on the marketing side than pure training. So whether that works with everyone listening, but um, part, I think, of the health and fitness business that's getting bigger and bigger is actually being able to get your message across. Mm -hmm. um, and if you can't do that, it's not you're not going to get very far. Um, but it's essentially about changing your narrative so that you can communicate it to people better uh, and how it impacts them. Nice. Uh, my third one, I'm swithering between ones I've like older ones or newer ones. Uh, I'll go with the newer ones since the older one was technically two books combined. Um, yeah. The, the two books combined one is The Art and Science of Lifting by Greg Knuckles. You should definitely get those. Um, the new one that I am going to pick, though, is the second edition of Advanced Strength and Conditioning by Anthony Turner and Paul Comfort. Uh, just because it's just really good. Like, the, the kind of level and rigor with which and, like, the research that's getting done in terms of figuring out, like, optimal and best practice across the board and again it's had it's strength and conditioning so it covers every aspect of each different type of fitness that you could want like strength power speed impulse like aerobic anaerobic like whatever you want agility like all these things it covers all of it it is super wordy and absolutely jam-packed with all the references and stuff because it is it's literally a textbook um but it's really good like the, the the information like that kind of compounding effect of like things getting better and more like condensed over time is just doing really good for the coaching space i think yeah um i don't know you're trying to say 
see if I can find my... So it's either one that I read ages ago that I actually do still kind of, or my brain still uses every time I'm thinking about training programs, whether I actually like that puts anything into it or not. Yeah. Um, I'll see if I can find it online. What were you looking for again? Um, it's essentially a bio. It's like so boring, but it's literally a biochemistry textbook that I listen, um, that I had in um, university. Pretty sure it's actually Alice's technically, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think this is literally just called biochemistry. It's it's not, but just understanding like how energy systems work. Yeah. In depth, for me, really like helped um, me then appreciate when I'm writing programs, like what I'm actually like wanting to do. Mm -hmm. That probably says more about how my brain typically works and why I went to university than most. But if that's something that you are interested in knowing about and why you're doing certain aspects of training, I felt it was really useful. Yeah, still even. And actually understanding the energy systems you use when you're training and which ones you're kind of getting on, like whether it's like the phosphocreatine chain or even just Krebs cycle, that sort of stuff. I think it's just really helpful. And like why things build up and why they don't if mm -hmm. you're looking to do it. Like, yeah. Nice. But that, that one's real like sciencey and wordy. There, there's no niceties about it it's just like here's a bunch of chemical reactions figure it out <laughs> yeah classic like throw back to our last episode we were talking about further education like something that summed up should have probably summed up in that episode is like attempt to get your training information from people who are in tweed jackets <laughs> yes. like that will change the game significantly <laughs> if you're like watching someone with leather elbow pads some kiwi with leather elbow pads in a tweed jacket on like the uk the UK Strength and Conditioning yeah. Association's YouTube, you're like, that stuff hits a bit differently. Like, that's probably, you're yeah. probably going to have to stop and, like, Google about 10 different things within the first two minutes. Because oh, yeah. you're like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Yeah. Uh, yeah. However, it will and, deepen understanding tremendously. Yeah, and they'll talk about it like it's literally the most basic thing that they've ever discussed. And you're like, wait, we have to go back a step. Yeah. It is very good Let's to have it. challenging books. Cool. And that is our top three books both off topic and topic. All right, we out. Goodbye.